Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Wellbeing Sessions with me, your host, Nate Pitcock. In today's podcast, we'll be exploring different techniques on how to have a great conversation and how to incorporate it into our day-to-day lives. Here with us today to help us understand the basics of having a great conversation, we welcome our communication skills coach, John Scarrett. John is a professionally trained and qualified coach with 300 plus hours of experience spanning 70 plus clients and a member of the International Coaching Federation, continuing to study and learn in order to grow and continue to deliver for his clients. So hi, John. Hi, Nate. Thank you very much for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here. Pleasure to be here. Brilliant. Thank you very much. So, John, let's get down to basics. How would you personally define a great conversation? That is a basics. That's a fundamentals, isn't it? Um, Well, let's focus on well-being, because that's what this series is all about. And you might ask yourself the question, what qualities of conversation raise well-being? And there are quite a few of those. A few that came to my mind, um, first of which, exploration. So time and space to explore your own thought appreciation so the attention of someone else and their interest in you and your value Uh, freedom say what's on your mind knowing that you won't be judged for it Uh, choice and particularly well choice in two ways choice of where to go in the conversation and also feeling like your choices are being expanded through the conversation feeling listened to, and also being able to hear yourself and asserting some control, having permission to follow your own thoughts wherever they go. And it might include realising something, something you might be hanging on to that you want to let go of, a sense of space and quiet, the time to explore without interruption. How would you know you were having one? Well... It's kind of a feeling you get of time, space, freedom. You're able to finish your own sentences and actually complete your thoughts out loud. And your fellow speaker or the listener, the person in the conversation with you, allows you to do that. They give you that time and space. They may say the odd thing, but they really contribute other things besides their speaking so they encourage you to continue and they don't step on your thoughts they rather help you to unfold them that would be kind of some of my impressions of a great conversation how does that compare with your experience of conversation what what jumps out of, of that lot for you i think from what you've said there john it's about having a, a safe space and that, that freedom that you said in order to actually say what I want to be able to say and to be able to finish my own sentences, like you say, being allowed that that time and that space and knowing that you're in a scenario with another person where they're going to listen to you and you, you can be yourself and they're just sitting and listening. And I think that's, that's a, a really special moment when you get to have a great conversation like that, isn't it really? It is. It's golden, I think. Very special. Um, And you probably know someone who gives you that kind of 
time and you probably know when you're giving that someone yeah, else definitely i i think what i was going to say is all the qualities that you've said it's about making sure that you give those to other people as well isn't it really because that's how you truly make sure that you're in a scenario where you are going to make great conversations yourself you're the one who is making sure that that's going to happen well you're absolutely right um in fact that's the key principle of of, of what i'm going to talk about really actually it starts with how you give these to someone else the idea being that if you give them and you'll you'll get them back in return so it's really interesting i mean when i had a look at the definition for com of conversations on the internet. I was kind of surprised. I already had an inkling of what I was expecting to see, and so I sort of slightly wasn't surprised. But the definitions of conversation all focus around dialogue, exchange, talking with, discussion, the interchange through speech of ideas. And while speaking is certainly a part of conversations, it seemed the definition of a conversation seemed to be far in a way kind of overbalancing towards that part that element of a conversation and i think if conversations were about speaking alone it would just be a case of turns taking turns you know i speak you wait for me respectively to <laughs> to finish talking and then you speak and i sit there waiting forming my thoughts um, or if you're if you're not if you're not that fortunate and you don't get that space, you get spoken over, you get talked over. So there's a lot more, go but there's a lot more going on in a great conversation than an exchange of broadcast. I mean, broadcast is sort of part of the con of a conversation, but it's really the tip of the conversational iceberg. It's funny how we judge our success um, in conversations on this basis. So we often evaluate ourselves when we say, "What did you speak? What did you say?" How long did you speak for? <laughs> um, what impact did you have? Were you able to get your point across? Were you heard? What difference did you make? It's all about output. And this is kind of relevant to your point about what we give to others. And I think we need to approach this from a different direction. Um, and I think your principle of what we give to each other is absolutely the starting point for that. Definitely. We, we, in a previous podcast that we did, we spoke about the law of attraction and you know, the positive thoughts, bringing those out yourself, you're going to attract that together. And I think if you are creating that space for other people to feel safe, those spaces are going to be made for you then where you're able to have these great conversations. And I think when you have a great conversation, you really know you remember it for a while, don't you? You think about it for the next few days and it makes you happy. It does make you happy. You think about the person who helped you have it as well. And those people stick in your mind. But yes, you do. It lingers. It stays with you. And it, it has a kind of trickle effect. But these, principle, these principles of giving, um, I discovered these when I, um, when I learned to coach. Because I had to kind of unlearn quite a lot of things about conversations. Um, and I had to figure out what what is it that I need to give someone else to allow them to access what's great about them? We spend a lot of time trying to help people by offering our ideas and our advice. Coaching is not really like that. It's not like that at all, actually. It's more about helping someone to find their own wisdom 
And I thought there are a set of principles here that could be applied in conversations to improve people's well-being if they're able to access their own wisdom. But it takes a bit of work. So some of these principles, I thought I might just kind of briefly cover three of them. We're, we've already touched on them in a way, actually. Um, first one is partnership um, and the notion of equality between the two people in the conversation. And neither person matters more or less than the other. It is quite a big thing when it comes to well-being. If you consider, for example, what's at stake when someone comes to you with a problem, how do they think of themselves and of you? And how do you think of yourself in that situation and of them? It's very easy for equality to be knocked out of balance. If I come to you with a problem, I might feel that you can rescue me or, or solve me. So I'm immediately dropping myself down and elevating you. And by the same token, you might think, ah, oh, my advice is being sought. That's good. And so you immediately kind of raise yourself and therefore that per other person kind of drops. This is not ideal for a conversation. So this notion of maintaining equality is really here. We'll come to that when we talk about what's involved in actually having a great conversation. Yeah. The other thing um, about great conversations is that they should be thought-provoking and creative. This comes back to the, the possibility for the person who's speaking to just wander, ramble off, go off track, pause, think about what they're thinking about before they say it. All of this stuff that they can't necessarily do in a typical conversation. Because when we're allowed to explore and move around, we it's more likely we'll find something new, a new option, a new way of doing something. And the third principle here is that the conversation should be inspiring. And you mentioned before about leaving these types of conversation feeling kind of uplifted and having thoughts that you take away with you and they you carry them with you and you carry the feeling of a great conversation. This is a key thing, that it should take you forward and up. So that feeling of feeling inspired is, is a key one. Brilliant. Uh, John, do you think that these great conversations are things that we should be having with all different people in our lives? Like, for example, people who might be higher up than me at work, um, friends, family. Should I be having a great conversation with everyone in my life, do you think? I don't see why it should have any limits, yeah. quite frankly, because it's about what you give to others. Okay. And I, I think they will really, in the nicest possible way, they will greedily receive it yeah. because it will be unusual to them. But when we come on to talk about what you're actually giving to them, which we, we can move on to now, I don't think there's any limit to it. The thing to realise is that, and we'll, we'll come to this when you're in the when you're in that position of being given these things, it can be a bit odd, a bit unusual, because it's not a typical conversation. So it can take a little bit of getting used to. Yeah. Um, so it's almost worth saying, I'm just gonna listen to you. It's almost worth putting that out there so that people aren't going, you haven't said anything, what's, what's wrong? Yeah. <laughs> so I think it can take a little bit of setting up, Yeah. which is fine, but yes, I don't see any any particular boundary with it. I think that's really nice. I think being able to say to someone, I'm going, I'm going to listen to you now, it's quite nice. It makes someone feel special. And I think yeah. by doing that, it, it makes yourself feel happy too, doesn't it? Knowing that you've 
you've given someone your time and that they've appreciated that moment as well. Absolutely. Well, you can see people grow into it, really. You, know, you can see people blossom. If they take the opportunity, and that's the key, it's about creating the right, the right relationship. And I've come up with some ideas about how you can do that. And it's a simple acronym um, called ACE or ACES, A-C-E-S. And um, these are the four things that we can focus on in order to create great conversations. So the A stands for attention. This is how you give your attention to someone else. The C stands for your curiosity. This is how you encourage people to explore with questions. Uh, the E is about expanded listening. So this is about how you stretch your listening and make more of it. And the S is about um, what you do when it's your turn to speak. Okay, I quite like that. So. Uh... You, ACES is how we bring the principles that you spoke about to life in a conversation, essentially. Yes, absolutely. I could talk a little bit briefly about each of them, if you like, and give you some... Well, let's go for it, John. ...some definitions. So let's start with attention. So attention is all about being fully present to the other person, giving someone your full attention. Now, these days, we can be physically present to someone else, even if it's over Zoom, but... It's about being fully present with your mind and your body, about bringing yourself to the encounter, ready to serve someone else. When we pay attention to someone else, we help them to think better because they are given respect to access new ideas that would be out of reach to them without our attention. Now, we're not pushing or pressing them. We're not asking them questions, we're not probing them, we're simply giving them our attention. Now, this sounds really straightforward, but it's not easy. Our tendency is to actually jump into the topic or the issue and forget that there's us as a listener and there's also the person that is speaking. So we kind of forget the people in the equation. So actually, the way to tune in is to, before you're about to have your conversation, pay attention to your attention. Ask yourself, what am I coming out of? What's in my mind right now? And what's coming up? How do I clear my decks so I can be there for the person who I'm about to, to talk to? And the other classic thing is to remove distractions. So mobile phones come up quite a lot as distractions. So close down all your apps, take your phone and put it out of sight and just give your eyes, your ears, your body, point all of that in the direction of the, the other person. And amazing things will happen just by doing that. Brilliant. I, th I think you, you've really inspired me to make sure I have more great conversations in my life. But <laughs> definitely. So well, if you're saying, so you said, for example, phones can get in the way of a great conversation. What else could get in the way of a great conversation? Well, um, let's have a look at curiosity. Because okay. how, we, how we ask questions can get in the way as well. Because quite often we ask questions sort of having an answer that we think we might want to hear. And so we ask a question to generate that answer. We don't like questions that mean we don't control the conversation. And we don't like not saying anything. We don't like silence an awful lot. And we don't like pauses, so we fill them. But actually, in curiosity terms, it's rather than seeking an answer, it's better to aim for being curious to learn rather than confirm something, to be interested in finding something new 
or helping the other person to find something new, setting aside our hopes or expectations for the conversation and actually investing in our questions for the other person. So what do you need from me is a great example of a question that does this. How can I be useful to you is another one. What do you think? What do you think? What might you be missing? What do you need to work on to move forward? What would a first, a good first step be? What might be difficult about that? None of these questions presuppose an answer. They all are genuine inquiries. So one of the things that gets in the way of a great conversation is when somebody says, I don't know. You ask your question, what do you think I don't know? And so that puts the pressure back on the questioner to say, well, here are some ideas. And so you've got to resist that temptation. And this is hard. Because our natural inclination is to go and help someone who's a bit in stress. What you've got to do is you've got to hold back and you've got to say, well, I'd like to help you with that. But what is it that's difficult about that? And help people by helping them explore the challenge as opposed to giving them a sort of sticking plaster. So that's a really tough habit to get out of. That is rushing to someone's aid. And we all want to be helpful. This is just a different way of being, being helpful. I think the other thing that gets in the way for us is in the third part of the ACEs, which is around how we listen. We need to expand our listening. When we listen, we do a lot of hearing of our own thoughts. We don't always realize it, but actually a lot of the time we're listening to ourselves. We've got distracted by what's in our heads and we've forgotten almost that there's another person there talking. This is level one listening. It's the voice in our heads very powerful. If we can move to level two and follow that person's words, we can actually get out of our heads and into their heads. And if we can move to level three, which is actually listening for the pause, the emphasis, looking at their body language, we can be a lot more useful to them. So a lot of the problems or a lot of the challenges or the things that get in the way are around the, the questions we ask and how we listen. If we can work on those things, we've had a really good chance of actually um, becoming better conversationalists. I think the third or the fourth part of the ACES acronym is also worth paying attention to because as a speaker, as somebody given these permissions to talk, this will be unusual for you and it'll take a bit of getting used to as well. So I think for a speaker, it's worth asking themselves, how can I use the ACE acronym? How can I use the fact that I'm being given this? Um, and I would say the first one is, is to recognize this is your time. So attend to yourself for a change, you know, allow yourself the luxury of being listened to. It is self-care at its highest. And it may feel awkward a bit speaking uninterrupted because you're not used to it. You know, the minute you pause, people dive into the space that you've left, but that's not going to happen here. So. You have permission to think, permission to speak, permission to pause, and permission to be interested in where you're going. Be curious about your own thoughts and where they're leading you. Stop yourself every now and then and just ask, where am I now? Where am I going? You'll be given the space. The person you're talking with, if they're, if they're using the other aces, they'll give you that time to figure that out yourself and pause as often as you like and feel free to slow down. You're not going to be interrupted. This is the promise that the other person makes to you. And I would say it's about treating 
good conversations as a kind of a practice, as a, as a piece of learning, as a skill that can be honed. It's not something you're, you wake up one day and you're perfect at, but if you apply yourself, you can learn. So I would say start a journal, notice, start to notice what's happening in your conversations and when you're trying these things and pick one of the aces. Don't try and do it all at once, but pick one of the aces and try and experiment. I'm a big fan of experiments with my clients, um, encouraging them to design their own. And if any of the people listening to this would like a list of experiments around the aces, if they drop me a connection request on LinkedIn, I will reply with a PDF of suggested experiments that they can try in the uh, in the ACES acronym in, the, in those areas. Give it time, and I would say find a friend to practice with. Ask someone, explain the ACES to someone, ask them to give them to you and agree that you'll hand them back in return. There's a lady uh, called Nancy Klein, um, which is K-L-I-N-E. And a lot of the ideas that I've kind of developed here are kind of really based on her thinking. And so I would recommend her books if, if there are people who are looking for more detail on these ideas. Uh, there's a book she's written called Time to Think. Um, and she's written called one called The Promise That Changes Everything. And I would recommend both of those, both of those titles. Brilliant. I think I'll um, check them out myself, John. Um, th that was really, really nice to listen to. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm really interested in this PDF myself, actually. I think the, the S, the speaker from the ACES, really, really hit me there. I, I think realising that you are just as important in a conversation and that you will be given that space and time to be listened to. I think that's really an important part of it and just make you feel special. It's a key part of it. And I think to your point, coming back to your question about uh, can we have these conversations with everyone? Yes, we can, but it's really important to discuss beforehand. Yeah. Uh, um, and this word's going to sound quite severe, but a, a kind of a contract for what's going to happen. And that just means let's talk about how we want to be in the conversation. You know, um, and Nancy Klein has some really good ideas about how you can do that. You can give each other a time limit and then swap round, yeah. for example. Um, there's ways of doing it in groups as well. But it's fantastic stuff. And yeah, it really can make a difference, especially when we're, when we're looking for ways to improve our well-being. It struck me as really nice that actually what we can do, we can improve someone else's well-being. We can re receive that gift in return. And I think that's that's fantastic. Definitely, I think you, you've given us some some really really nice ideas to think about there. And I think the way you suggested speaking to someone before and saying this is the Aces system, would you like to have a conversation like this? Is really nice. But do you have any other advice on how to build these practices into your day to day life? I would certainly say become aware. Become aware, perhaps, of how your current conversations are. A slow, slow, slow down. First of all, it can be really useful just to start to develop an awareness of how things currently, because any change that someone wants to make is always coming into a system that is already set up. 
And that system has to kind of understand the change before it will allow it in. If you went home tonight and saw all guns blazing, says, right, I'm going to do all the aces on all of you and I'm not going to tell you and, you know, it's going to be a big secret and ha ha ha. The system would, would respond <laughs> by going, Nate, why are you being weird? Um, it's not said anything. You're just looking at me. Uh, <laughs> it's being weird. Why is that? So it would bounce the practice out. So I think, first of all, pull up alongside your existing life and say, what's going on here? Do, am I having some of these conversations already? And I just didn't know it. Are these things popping up? Um, and then the minute I kind of spot them, they dive down like a sort of rabbit down a hole. And I can't find them again. It can be good just to take a look at your existing setup. And we call this the reality kind of check. And then I think you can start to build options from there. You can start to say, well, which of the aces might I and you just pick one and you just pick one aspect of it and you just try that and you see what effect it has. There's no rush. There's no rush. These things are to be learned, to be savoured, to be examined. But if you do that and you apply that consistently, you'll start to see a change in your in your reality will shift. You know, how you were having conversations, you'll notice you'll be able to look back and say, wow, some of these conversations I'm having now are quite different to how they were before I started applying just a small amount of these things. I mean, a great one is, you know, when you're asked a question and before the person who's speaking gets to the end of the question, you've already started to formulate your answer so that by the time they bring the flag down, you can start speaking. Here's a simple alternative. Listen to them all the way to the end of their sentence. Then take a breath, pause, and see what your brain tips forward, and then speak. It's a simple experiment. We get asked questions all the time, and I bet, I bet if you thought about how you answer questions, you would say just, yeah, I do do that. I start thinking about my reply pretty much as soon as I've got the gist of it, and I get gists really quickly. So someone could say what, and I'm already forming my response. Even <laughs> so, listen or a simple. Maxim, listen all the way to the end of the sentence. Pause and see what your brain gives you. If you, tried, if you tried that for a month, that would be a neat experiment. That would give you some, I think, some useful insights. I think I sometimes almost even start answering questions before the question's been asked fully sometimes. So actually doing that yeah. will be such a, a great way to actually try things from now on. But if you're doing that, Nate, you might want to, you might want to kind of let yourself in easy. So wait, wait, wait That's halfway cool. first. Like going from, from naught to a half marathon and you haven't even pulled your running shoes on. So maybe. That's very true. I don't want to go cold turkey straight away. Yeah. Oh, could be, could be tough. This is the other thing about change. We, we really want everything to be brilliant. So we try really hard and we often take on far more than we could ever accomplish. And we feel disheartened because we can't see how we've made progress. My thing is bite-sized chunks. Take it grain by grain. You know, that's how beaches are made. Yeah. You know, grain by grain by grain. Just do that with, with this. And all the grains will pull together and you'll have a lovely beach. So the beach that you can see from, uh, from your window. Yeah.
<laughs> but John, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Thank you so much for coming along. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. Brilliant. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And I think we'll definitely try and have you along again sometime soon. Great. I'd like that. Thanks a lot. Brilliant. And um, thank you very much to all the listeners as well for tuning in. And I hope you're all having a lovely day. Bye now.